I mean, what more do you want in a historical document than that? Right. You know, the credibility's there, the accuracy's there, the personalization's there. I mean, this this is the real. So how can you? How can anyone? Let's say you're a skeptic out there, right? How can you deny that this is an accurate document from someone speaking the truth about events that actually happened, corroborating witnesses, and every and it's historical and doing it in a time where by doing it, you could be put to death. Right. So he's not only getting these eyewitness accounts and sharing these eyewitness accounts and coming at it from a very clinical way, Mm -hmm. but he's doing it during a time where people are being fed to lions and crucified for sharing this message. Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast Christmas week specials where each day we examine a portion of the Christmas story and discover new thoughts and insights into what really happened. Join us as we explore a familiar story with fresh eyes. Also this week, if you're interested in hearing how an investigative journalist and atheist who sought to investigate and disprove the life of Jesus actually became a believer after his research, Then check out our Facebook pages all week as we share parts of his story. You can also learn more about him by checking out his book, The Case for Christ. His name is Lee Strobel. So come on into the virtual sanctuary and let's examine the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 1 Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. 
And then the angel left her. So this is the beginning of the story of the birth of Jesus. And I really love Luke, the writer of the book of Luke, who was also the writer of the book of Acts. Doing a little research into Luke, he was a doctor. He was a Greek. He was well-educated. When you combine the book of Luke, which is the longest of the Gospels, with the book of Acts, he actually wrote a third of the New Testament, which is the same amount as the Apostle Paul. So this is a logical man. He is somebody who was a a believer in the science of the day as a physician. And I love how he started out by saying, I'm going to investigate this and really wanted to find eyewitness accounts, just like a reporter or a historian would do today, and talk to the people who saw Jesus face-to-face. Now, we don't know if Luke himself ever came into contact with Jesus. It never really says that. But we do know that he traveled alongside some of the early disciples of Jesus. And so he says he went and investigated everything from the beginning because he wanted to be able to share the account of Jesus's birth and his life and his death and his resurrection with other Gentiles like he was, people who weren't the Jewish people. And that's why we have such a really great book, the book of Luke, which goes into a lot of detail about healings and miracles and really detailed descriptions of events that happen. So for me, the first thing that stands out about this scripture is just the man who wrote it and the fact that this was somebody who was educated and brilliant and really wanted to investigate these topics. And he was actually an eyewitness account of the Apostle Paul's ministry. He was on a lot of his ministry trips. So this man was you know, neck deep in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had all the circulating reports from all the early disciples, even though he wasn't necessarily an eyewitness to Jesus's ministry. He was an eyewitness to other apostles' ministries. And I, doesn't that really lend credibility to this document? I mean, this document, we have a physician, we have a learned person, we've got someone who's, he actually, he's mentioning the actual person that he's writing this document to. And the very fact that he says, this is why he's writing this. So you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So here was another disciple who obviously had been reading the other circulating accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. And Luke, his friend or comrade of some sort, said he wants to be sure that this guy can be certain of everything that he's he's already heard. And so here's my very detailed and accurate account. I mean, what more do you want in a historical document than that? Right. You know, the credibility's there, the accuracy's there, the personalization's there. I mean, this this is the real so how can you how can anyone, let's say you're a skeptic out there, right? How can you deny that this is an accurate document from someone speaking the truth about events that actually happened, corroborating witnesses, and every, and it's historical? And doing it in a time where by doing it, you could be put to death. Right. So he's not only getting these eyewitness accounts and sharing these eyewitness accounts and coming at it from a very clinical way, 
mm-hmm. but he's doing it during a time where people are being fed to lions and crucified yeah. for sharing this message, uh, which just gives it that extra layer. Yeah. Of I mean, possibly the apostle Paul was in prison at this time when he was writing this or passed away. You know, we don't, I don't know the exact timeline of this document. Yeah, but exactly. He he was laying his life on the line just to write this down and be a witness of of the gospel of Jesus Christ in a very detailed account. This is a true document. This is a true, accurate statement of what took place with the people, with the events, and then even to go a step further of the miraculous events. Detailed miraculous angels are talking to people, right? The very spirit of God himself is overshadowing a virgin. She becomes pregnant with the son of God. So that whatever that power, it says, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. So whatever the makeup is, the spiritual substance of the Holy Spirit actually impregnated a virgin and formed a person who actually was the fullness of God himself in a bodily form. Man, that's well, pretty that's why he can be called the son of God, right? It's he, also why it's called, why they say it's the word made flesh. It's mm-hmm. the word of God, it's the spirit of God made flesh. And that's what was happening in her womb. He was being knit together by the spirit of God. Pretty incredible. I think what I like about the Mary portion of today's scripture as well goes along with the conversation of credibility. Because in that time, she could have been stoned Mm -hmm. for telling people that she was pregnant before marriage. She could have been put to death by sharing this firsthand account Mm -hmm. with Luke, with Matthew, with anybody else who came to her and asked, So what credibility does that lend to her that she was willing to be considered crazy for saying that an angel appeared to her, be willing to be called an adulteress because she was pregnant before being married, and yet because of the truth of the event, she stood firm in her telling of what happened because it was the truth. And God must have been protecting her in the midst of all of that, you know? To share that story. You don't hear the backlash. You know, we don't have any account of the backlash from that. Now, obviously, we know there was no backlash in their married life because they just assumed that Jesus was Joseph's son, right, in their everyday growing up as he grew up. They said, hey, isn't this Joseph's son, the carpenter's son? So it wasn't something, because remember, it said Mary kept all these things in her heart. So she wasn't going out and telling everybody this as Jesus was growing up. But I would assume, you know, after Jesus's ministry, that's when all this came out. But it's just interesting that we don't have any accounts of any backlash towards her. That's you think you would, wouldn't you? Well, especially in that time right. in the world where she could have been killed for showing her pregnancy. I never thought about that before until just now is that you know, that's really God's favor on her to keep that in such a sacred thing that we never really had any type of examples that she was persecuted for that, or that was never really an issue. You know, it's just assumed, yeah, she was a virgin conceived in her and she bore the son of God. And it's, it's just, that's pretty amazing. And then I like that last verse 38, 
Mary responded. So this is such a powerful, simple response. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Isn't that just a prayer in in and of itself? Like for all of us, like this Christmas season, you know, what God has spoken towards us in his word, what God is, is revealing to us by his spirit, our response would be, Lord, may everything you've said about me come true for this Christmas season and for this new year coming up, especially this new year coming up. May the will of God be done in our lives. What can you take away from the story of Jesus that many of us have heard over the years, this beginning part where we find out that somebody's writing about it who has honor, integrity, is well-educated, and who has done thorough research, and a woman who was willing to risk her life to share her story. Well, I think what it can say to you today is you can be confident in what you're hearing. You can Mm -hmm. be confident in what you believe because they're showing you the credibility that this story has. So as Ben said, as you go about your day today, let this be your prayer, that everything that God has said about you would come true. Ben and I and our whole church family want to wish all of you who have been listening this past month a Merry Christmas and a blessed and fulfilled New Year. Remember to check us out at IWillBeYourChurch.com and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss a day.